Hello, and welcome to another episode of AI and You. I am your host, Mark McQuaid. So why AWS for your AI ML needs? AWS states they offer the broadest and deepest set of tools for your business to create impactful machine learning solutions and create them faster. And for anyone that knows me, knows I'm AWS through and through. So I would have to agree with that statement. So on today's episode, we chatted with Julian Simon and Segaline Dessartin-Panhard. Uh, Julian is on the DevRel team at AWS and Segaline is in the ML Solutions Lab. Uh, they're both also the host of a fantastic video series called SageMaker Fridays and are huge advocates of AIML in the AWS world. All right, I'm here with uh, Julian Simon and Dr. Segaline Dessartin. Uh, Segaline is a senior data scientist at AWS, and Julian is a developer advocate for the AIML team. Thanks to both of you for joining us today on AI and You. Good morning, and nice to be here. Good morning. So I just wanted to say it's, it's a real pleasure to have you both on. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that I'm AWS through and through. You know, I spent many years in my career in, in VoIP and networking, and when I decided to make the career change to the cloud, it wasn't so much the cloud, it was AWS, right? It was always AWS. And then, you know, I joined Trinimbus, which was a, a Canadian uh, AWS premier consulting partner, and we were AWS only. Then we got acquired by Onica, which was AWS only, no multi-cloud. So, you know, I have a strong connection to AWS, you know, as if it was one of my children, really, right? So, you know, if someone says, you know, you can do this in GCP or you can do this in Azure, I'm always like, nah, you know, it's AWS, right? I kind of almost get defensive, but... So you two are my first AWS guests. So that's why I'm saying it's it's a real pleasure to have you both on. All right. Yeah, that's a responsibility. We'll try to be we'll try to be worthy of that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're both in Europe, correct? Yeah. Yeah, we're actually both in, in France. Yeah, we're based in Paris. Nice. Yeah, my last guest was in Berlin. So uh, we're really taking AI and you across the world. So this is great. This is great. So Segaline, let's start out with you. Your role with AWS as senior data scientist, right? But, but why don't you tell us some background first and you know how you got to where you are today? Uh, sure. So prior to join uh, AWS, I was uh, a pure academic. I was uh, assistant professor at New York University in the finance and risk engineering departments of uh, NYU Tennant School of Engineering. And I start doing machine learning there uh, when I start uh, working with financial time series. And then I joined AWS. Nice. And, and what about you, Julian? What is your what is your story, your journey look like? Well, so a century ago, uh, I graduated as a as a software engineer. I started my career writing code, um, mostly for you know system level software, um, uh, operating system kernels, real time, that kind of stuff. Uh, did that for a number of years, then. Um, I got tired of writing code and optimizing code for bits and bytes and uh, decided to move back to uh, the web. And, and for about 10, 12 years, uh, I, had, uh, I held uh, leadership positions in, in a few web startups in Paris. Some successful ones, some not so successful ones, <laughs> uh, but you learn everywhere. And... Um, and I was in charge of, you know, product development and infrastructure and ops. And over time, we started using cloud here and there. And uh, and I got uh, a growing interest in, in AWS. 
And uh, what was supposed to happen happened, and you know, I joined them a little more than five years ago now. Great, fantastic. So, uh, you know, very different stories for both of you, kind of very different backgrounds, right? Yep. And so, at what point, you know, maybe I'll start with you, Julia. At what point did you realize, you know, AIML was your passion? So, working in web startups, you know, starting, you know, in twenty, I guess twenty twenty oh seven, yeah. Um, you know, data was everywhere already. You know, when you build web apps, no matter what they are, um, you have you have relational databases, you have logs, um, you know, you have monitoring information. So data was already um, part of the of the picture, and over time, you know, you use the data for more than just transactional work. So in 2010, uh, my team was involved in building pretty large Hadoop clusters um, and trying to figure out, you know, what the heck we could do with that thing. Um, and, um, and other teams were using that data for machine learning. So I think for me, it was really, um, it was a, a gradual trip uh, starting from, okay, uh, we've got data in Oracle and MySQL and Postgres, and we need that for the business apps. Uh, and yeah, we've got Apache logs, but we don't quite know what to do with those. And and gradually, you know, as the open source state of the art, as the industry started to figure out what to do with data and how to move from relational to uh, to non-relational, NoSQL, etc., to analytics and, and Hadoop and Spark and ML, uh, you know, I I was pulled uh, into that uh, into that. Uh, uh, shift, and um, and when I joined AWS, I had a, you know I was responsible for France, uh, for the developer community in France. Pretty quickly, I started getting involved in other things, and uh, and when AWS launched the, their first AWS services, which was late 2016, if I remember correctly, I decided that I should focus exclusively on that uh, because I felt this was something that. You know, the developer community would need a lot of help figuring out, understanding, adopting, and you know, no one else was doing it. So I was foolish enough to say, "Okay, I'm I'm going to do it." So I don't know, I don't know so much about it, but I'm going to figure figure it out. And then once I figured it out, I'm going to explain it to everybody else. <laughs> and that's pretty much what developer advocates do, right? They waste time so that other people don't have to. Yeah, that's great, and it's a great role, right? Um, and secondly, what about you? What about what, what about you know? When did you realize you know AIML? You know, this is the way I want to go. Um, you know, probably pretty early on. Uh, you know, with your background, right? Yeah, exactly. So I I have been working with data over for now more than fifteen years now, but uh, every time I receive some new data, every time I work on a new project, I'm like uh, children in a candy store. I just I am so happy to to work on new data and to understand them. So I think yes, I I can talk about a real passion because I can spend days and even sometimes nights on working on a problem, uh, and it makes me feel so happy to solve uh, to find a solution to solve the business problem uh, I try to um, I am working on. So uh, yes, and my daily job as the senior data scientist at the Machine Learning Solution Lab is full of this kind of opportunity. And every time I wake up, every morning I wake up with a big smile. Because yes, uh, I'm passionate by what I'm doing. It can be hard sometimes because uh, deep learning and machine learning in general is not an easy stuff. So sometimes you really need to spend a lot of time. But after, uh, it's a really a rewarding experience. 
Yeah, that's great to hear someone, you know, like yourself say, you know, how much you love your job, really, right? The passion for your job, right? That's it speaks volumes. So no, fantastic. So let, Julian, I'll, I'll go back to you. Your role is developer advocate. You mentioned it, mm -hmm. um, you know, and you're on the dev, DevRel team, yes. correct? So why don't you, you talk us through, you know, kind of what that entails, you know, what's your role, what you do with your role? So really the role is to help the, the technical community um, from, you know, developers to architects to data scientists. I mean, all the technical roles. And I would include also, you know, project managers and, and even business people. You know, I'm trying to help them out as well, even though they're not my, my primary focus, to help them understand um, the, the, the value in um, AWS services, so for AI and machine learning, because that, that's my focus, but I can go and explore other areas when I need to and, and, and show them how to get started, right? It's really about, okay, uh, let's understand your business problem. Let's understand the project you're working on. Um, and, and let me show you and build resources for you that you can use to, you know, w literally waste no time at all get started, run some code, run some notebooks, and um, and start seeing for yourself what the, this new service or new capability looks like on your own data, in your own platform. Because, you know, all those tutorials, they're great, you know, reading the documentation, that's good, but until you start actually running some code on your own data and understanding, you know, the, the pros and cons and and, you know, what works very well, what's probably... Uh, uh, missing, etc. You know, you don't know if it's a good fit. You know, and if you listen to dev advocates and evangelists uh, only, that's fine. You know, yeah. of course we're gonna say it, it, it works, but you gotta try it, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's my that's my take on the job. It's uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to convince you it's a good place to start, and I'm also trying to show you how to uh, figure out for yourself um, that it's uh, that it, that it's a good place to start. So we we work a lot on that across all channels. Um, these days we don't do in-person events, but I'm really really missing those. So when the yeah. world goes back to normal, everybody feel free to invite me. I will fly, no problem. <laughs> I used to be a crazy flyer, as as some of you know, and I will fly again. Uh, but until then, it's you know YouTube and and blog posts and podcasts and and everything else, trying to be helpful in in any way we can. But it's all about introducing people to the new services and building resources that help them get started quickly and decide for themselves if it's the right fit or not. Yeah, and it's it sounds like a great role. And I think you hit something on the head there with the the mention of you know someone trying it with their own data, Absolutely. right? Because I mean, when you see so many, you know, solutions out there or, you know, blogs or tutorials or anything, right? Everything's with a pre-canned data Everything set. looks good. Trying you know, it on your everything own Everything looks good yeah, in the blog exactly. post. Of course, you know, no one's going to write a blog yeah. post that makes their service looks bad, but it could work very well on, the, on some data sets and not so well on other data sets or maybe extra exactly. work is needed. And that's what Sego and our, our colleagues do, you know? They start from... Sometimes the ugliest data on the on the planet, and and they do whatever it takes uh, to build successful models with those. So you know, it's not as it's not it's never as easy as in the blog post. But okay, the blog post is a starting point. Yeah, and I, I think you could say 
it, from it's it's kind of like the the boxing saying where the boxing saying is everyone's a champion on the bag right yeah. but when you get in the <laughs> ring with another boxer it's different, yeah, it's different. right so sure. <laughs> so so sego let's let's get to you you're you know you're on the ml solutions lab which just sounds amazing right i mean oh she's in the ml solutions lab that's got to be fa- fascinating right so you know I, I think let's hear a little bit more about that you know what that involves so sure. So uh, my team is made of uh, research scientists, senior scientists, etc. And um, what we do, we help our customers to uh, get their pro- uh, ML project on the right track in order to deliver uh, business value as fast as possible. And after uh, we do some discovery workshop, ideation session, and after we work backwards from the customer uh, business problem uh, and after we deliver uh, some uh, ml um, pipeline uh, after some advice uh, on about how to implement them uh, into production and yes this is um, each customer we focus on each customer problem and we deliver a custom ml pro- uh, solution in order to solve it and it, it, indeed it is really a very exciting team to work with Oh, absolutely. It sounds like it for sure. So, you know, something we like to do on this show is we like to highlight real life business value use cases, right? Uh, you know, you you often see out in the world people using, you know, deep learning or, you know, especially deep learning for, you know, fun, right? But, you know, we like to highlight business value use cases, how people are actually using these things to make money. So I'm sure you are both working with with clients and allowing them to be successful using AI ML. So, Sego, maybe I'll start with you. You know, you don't have to say a client name, right? Of course, but can you talk through a specific, you know, kind of real life use case that you came across that just is, is just really, really good at pointing out here? So yes, definitely. So one of the most recent projects I did was about uh, supply chain optimization and forecasting demand. So of course, you know how to uh, forecast well and reduce your stocks. And uh, currently, I'm working on another. Um, Customer project about uh, fraud prevention, fraud prevention, and how to detect fraud uh, in transaction and fin- in financial transactions. So these are kind of two uh, examples I have in mind. But otherwise, uh, I know my team work on different um, NLP, so natural language processing proce- uh, problem, and of course computer vision uh, project as well. Yeah, and I mean forecasting uh, mm-hmm. you know and fraud detection really mm-hmm. some of the bread and butter right in in the world of, of of business use cases for AIML and then you know as you mentioned NLP and computer vision those are kind of the the two ways into my heart that's kind of you know all I really like to do is play with with you know transformers and and computer vision right so <laughs> you it seems like you're you're definitely you're definitely backing up my point that you're working on some amazing things so Julian what about you can you highlight a use case that that jumps out at you yeah so uh as a developer advocate, you know, I tend to engage um, with customers, you know, very, very early in the in the process. And, um, and you know, I, obviously, because I can't speak to a lot of customers one-on-one, you know, I, like I said before, I, I mostly do one-to-many communication. Um, I try to be, you know, I try to pick my fights, so to speak. And uh, one thing I'm really, really excited about is you know what people generally call you know ai for good uh so i i'm a sucker for those discussions i have to say so uh, if if my aws colleagues are listening to this uh you know one one way to get me to speak with your customer is to bring me a nice uh, a nice ai for good story so 
um, you know, healthcare, uh, education, uh, wildlife conservation. Um, we have this amazing story of uh, one of our partners actually building a computer vision model to uh, match uh, whales to recognize the the, the fin tails um, of uh, of whales because as I found out it's the equivalent of the fingerprint for uh, for a human being you know so you can oh, take really? pictures of fin tails in the ocean and then you can you can actually figure out which individual whale this is and this is useful information because if you've seen that same whale two years ago in another place then you know you can you can understand the uh, the migration patterns and then you can take conservation decisions based on that you know maybe try to minimize uh, uh, ship traffic or any disruption on those on those uh, uh, routes so all those stories you know the i would say the less commercial uh stories i think are extremely interesting uh, and you know, I've worked in ad tech before, so I, you know, I'm no stranger to using ML for, uh, you know, click through rate optimization and uh, and all yeah. those things. Um, and uh, but right right now, I'm I'm really really interested in those stories. How do we take this new technology? How do we make it simple and accessible to even non-specialist teams, right? And how do how do we help those teams? Um, leverage that tech to, you know, I'm going to say change the world. And I, I apologize. It sounds totally stupid when I say that, uh, but it's, uh, you know, it's the only way I can put it. Uh, but, but I, I, maybe I'm still, uh, you know, maybe I'm still a dreamer after all those years. And I, I still think there's, there are ways to make an impact. So, you know, people working on, you know, uh, uh, bone marrow transplant or, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff uh, where you literally saves lives if you do it right. Or, or you or you help preserve the environment and all those challenges uh, obviously covid 19 you know was a I guess you know a great opportunity for uh, a lot of organizations to use ml as well mm-hmm. all those stories I, I'm, I'm I'm completely a sucker for and I cannot I can never say no to one of those customer conversations <laughs> <laughs> yeah I couldn't agree more AI for AI for the good is is massive AI for the good and, and AI ethics as well yeah. and it's funny that you mentioned that I'm, I'm actually writing a blog right now for the AIML blog the AWS AIML blog for um, using recognition and uh, RoboFlow which is a mm-hmm. computer vision startup to uh, uh, detect forest fires yeah so um, yeah so, so you know it's, it's fascinating you know what you can do using you know these AWS services um, and potentially other services like RoboFlow, but to to perform to to try and attempt to perform some some real good stuff, right? Some yeah, real good yeah, and I, I the think world. the what, what's really appealing here is the the demultiplying force that AI lets you mm-hmm. apply. You know, um, very early on when recognition was launched. Uh, we had this customer reference called Marinus Analytics, where they were actually crawling the ugliest, dirtiest websites of uh, on on the on the planet to find pictures of missing kids uh, and missing persons in general and match them to their database of missing kids. And um, and that it's something you know, no matter how many. Um, uh, uh, police officers, no matter how many you know how much staff you assign to that, I mean it's 
probably hundreds of millions of websites and you know tens of billions of pictures and you know tens of thousands of missing people so the combination is insane and you could assign a hundred thousand police officers to that task they would never get the job done because it just doesn't work no. so that unlocking those problems uh, is 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 the you know is where I think AI is the greatest uh, making making it possible just not making it a little better a little more efficient you know automation versus manual blah 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 okay it's all good but there are some use cases where you simply could not do it before and now it becomes yep. possible and it's economical too so this is where AI shines I think yeah absolutely couldn't agree more. So let's shift to SageMaker Fridays, right? So yeah. <laughs> you, you both, you know, you both have a show called, you know, SageMaker Fridays. Why don't you, you know, tell us a little bit more about, you know, what that is? Yeah, go ahead, Sego. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, I think uh, SageMaker Friday is a bi-weekly uh, show, uh, as, as you say, in order to um, help our customers, some um, developers and so on, and, and people who have few experience in machine learning to understand better how SageMaker works. And uh, we demonstrate thanks to, uh, so we don't have slide. Uh, it's 100% uh, demo uh, show. And uh, we explain the full ML pipeline we build uh, we build during the, the, the episode from the understanding of the problem use case, the data we use, the algorithm we use, and after how we can make it happen uh, thanks to SageMaker. Yeah, a lot of customers uh, gave us feedback, you know, a few years ago that uh, they wanted hands-on content. And, you know, this really mm -hmm. validated what I told you before, which is, okay, AI, ML, that's a huge topic, but how do we get started you know if you're an expert if you're you know if you if you have the skills to be in the solutions lab you know you don't need anybody to hold your hand or point you you know which way to go but you know for the other 99.99 percent of developers they do need guidance and examples so um so actually, Sego and myself starting the um, so SageMaker Fridays um, uh, last year, uh, well, two years ago, two years ago now, and um, and yeah, so it's uh, no slides at all. Yep, completely hands on, and we start from a problem that we try to you know um, make. Uh, we try to pick uh, real life use cases like you know anomaly detection, fraud detection. Uh, um, oh, we've done so many. I can't even remember. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, there are so many. Uh, and uh, and we start from a data set and we try to, to pick something reasonably big. And, and then we explore and we discuss. And we have a lots of fun, you know. So uh, we try to make it fun because it shouldn't be boring sometimes. You know, it's very easy to make technical content super dry. And and when Segolan is explaining the... Uh, the finer points of BERT or whatever, you know, tr you mentioned Transformers. We actually did an episode on that not so long ago. It's so easy to be very dry and boring, but, you know, we try to make it fun, engaging, uh, so that, you know, people learn and they have a good time too. And we have a good time. That's important as well. And yeah, it, it's going well. Uh, and we actually have an episode uh, coming, yeah, this Friday. And, uh, and you know, we're not stopping for sure. It's, uh, it's working well, so we'll, we'll continue until... Uh, until we were told otherwise, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a great format. I mean, the, the hands-on and kind of just digging in, you know, end-to-end -end is, is just, it's, it's a great platform to, to kind of showcase. So what, 
when you choose your topics, like who's involved? Is it just you and Sega with that process? Or you, do you both kind of, you know, brainstorm or does someone give you a topic? Like what, what, what does that look like? So we have a chat with our uh, marketing colleagues um, and, uh, and we try to understand what, uh, you know, what are the priority use cases that uh, they see, you know, working with customers or, you know, the, the, the top questions that come from customer service. So, you know, what generally, what could be most helpful right now? And, um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, we start, we, we start from there. So, okay. You know, probably the next episode we're going to do is on uh, auto ML. So, mm-hmm. so we, we go and, and, you know, we brainstorm and say, okay, how do we make auto ML, you know, fun? And uh, what do we show? Let's tr- trying to go, you know, beyond the, the hello world uh, tutorials mm. and just try to look at it differently. And then gradually we, we, you know, we build our, our episode, we write some code and, and yeah, we, we code until, you know, two hours before the episode and, uh, and, and then we stop and, and make sure it works because we're all live. Uh, yeah. It's all live by the way. Yeah. Save up. Fingers didn't mention crossed, it. Yeah. Finger crossed, it is a hundred percent live. So, uh, so, and that's the best way to do it, right? Yeah, of course. Because when you encounter a problem, you know that you know if someone else is doing that, they're they're that they would have encountered the yeah. same problem, right? Or you know, or a worse of a problem. But I'm saying, you know, if you're if it's everything's pre-cut and yeah. canned and recorded and everything works so perfectly, it's just not real, right? Yeah, and and you know, we don't. Uh, I mean, all the content is is built specifically for for the show, uh, and it's built. Uh, almost in real time. What I mean is, you know, it's not like I have a, a database of, you know, 200 machine learning notebooks that I select from. Um, <laughs> a lot of, you know, I would say 80% at least is completely written for that. So um, so there's a sense of urgency, you know, and I actually need to work on Friday's notebook. Um, so I'll do that tomorrow probably. But it, I think it's a good exercise because if we can get it done in a couple of days, then we feel confident that customers can do the same. If you're reusing something that was scanned, you know, uh, two years ago and you just click, 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 it's like, yeah, okay, it's it's too safe, you know, it's too safe for, for us. And we like to have this pressure of saying, okay, here's the problem, let's build something, let's solve it, let's explain it to the to the good folks uh, watching us and uh, and have fun doing it. Yeah, and I think that's one of my my biggest pet peeves is, is is doing any kind of tutorial or anything, and all all it is is simply running cells in a Jupyter notebook, right? It's, yeah. it's 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 there's there's nothing to that, and it's it's just really a waste of time, right? So yeah, I've done. I mean, I've done some workshops, you know, and it's always a balance, um, um, because you try to you have to pre cook. If you have a four hour workshop, you know, you 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 have to pre cook some of the code. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, Unless you're absolutely sure, unless, you know, your attendees have been going through prerequisites and building some stuff of their own and, and, and that you're completely convinced that they have all the, all the skills required, but it's not, it's never like that. You know, you, mm-hmm. everybody can walk into a workshop, so it has to be pre-cooked, but if it's too much, then they just click, 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 and you can literally complete everything in, in 15 minutes or 20 minutes yeah. and, and you learn nothing. So. That's why you know we try to we try to find the right balance between uh, um, uh, running stuff before the workshop or running stuff before the Stage Maker Friday episode and running some stuff in between uh, you know discussion etc. So yeah, it's keep it you know keep it in lively, keep it fun, um, and and make sure people learn a lot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I encourage anyone to check that out. It's it's actually a great it's a great series. 
So speaking specifically AIML and AWS, you know, and, you know, I, I think AIML has really become kind of the flagship domain of the AWS ecosystem, right? I mean, that's kind of where they pump so much of their time and energy, right, to build up. Um, so I'll, maybe I'll start with you, Sego. Where would you say, and I'll, I'll put you on the spot a bit, and I mean, you can plead the fifth, but where would you say it's currently lacking? Like, where is AWS lacking in the world of AIML? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think honestly, um, from what I see, and um, this is a feedback I received from customers, you know, sometimes we've got some customers who have very few experience in the field. We've got some very advanced customers who want to deploy P3 instance uh, for production and so on. And I think at this moment, when I see all the, the, the broad spectrum of all the AWS services, ranging from the, for the most beginner to the most advanced ones, um, of course, there, there are always some rooms of, of improvement, but at this moment, I think everybody who wants to do some machine learning can find um, uh, a good service to uh, start or to uh, improve his current uh, ML journey. For instance, I worked this morning with Amazon Jumpstart. Um, I think this is a great new capability for both beginner and very advanced ML practitioner. If you are a beginner, you can just uh, deploy some end-to-end -end solutions thanks to some uh, pre-built AWS platform machine. And on the other side, you can uh, fine-tune some uh, very advanced uh, BERT model. For instance, you mentioned the BERT transformer model uh, within one single click. And I think uh, this um, service is a kind of a good proxy of uh, of the fact that everybody, independently of experience uh, in machine learning, can uh, work and uh, have fun with uh, AWS uh, ML stack. So, it, I think you, I think you mentioned it as well. There is that you know, AWS tries to check all the boxes, right? They really do, right? From the AI services, you know, the three layer stack, you know, the AI services, SageMaker, and then deep learning backed EC two instances, right? So, you know, I will say that, and and I think that. AWS is adding on to, to kind of fill the gaps where they have. Like, I mean, one thing that I always thought that AWS was lacking was ML ops, right? Um, I think taking models to production, which is, you know, often, you know, overlooked maybe. I mean, 60% of models never actually make it to production, right? Um, but then they, they came out with SageMaker pipelines, right? So, um, yeah, I think you're right that AWS, you know, they really do try to check mark all boxes. But Julian, I'll probably put you on the spot as well. Yeah, and say, I, I you know, think, is there anything that jumps out of you? No, I think it's uh, I think it's exactly what you said. Um, so you know the way we build services. I mean, the, the, there's no big secret, right? We we speak with customers. We we try to understand the the top pain points and challenges that they face, and we try to talk, you know, to as many customers and as diverse customers a, as we can. And then, you know, taking all that feedback and, and crunching it and, and refining it, we come up with a first version of a new feature or a first version of a new service. And um, and every every service is built that way. So it's not just true for AIML. It's true for literally everything else. This is how it works. Mm -hmm. So we have this, you know, MVP approach, you know, minimum viable product approach to... to um, uh, to product development. And so what this means is um, the, the, the MVP version, the first version of, of everything that comes out um, from, from AWS service teams is going to be 
uh, you know, a, a balance, or you could say compromise, but I prefer the word balance. Um, <laughs> that was, you know, that was built, uh, that was designed, taken from, based on all that customer feedback that we received. So, of course, you know, for, for some people, it's going to be missing X, Y, Z, or they wished, yeah. you know, something was working a little bit differently. But we see value in um, putting the service in the hands of the customer as quickly as we can, right? And you could always argue that sometimes, you know, uh, we're a little bit on the wrong side of the MVP uh, uh, border, but it's how things are. And then, you know, we get we get feedback from customers and then we, again, we, we repeat, right? We prioritize uh, new features and, and we keep iterating. And this is why you see, you know, thousands of new features being delivered each, each year. Um, yep. Literally, almost all of them come straight from the customer's mouth. So, um, so you have to, you know, you have to, um, you have to follow that, uh, um, you know, follow that, go down that path with us and say, okay, so we listen to many of you and keep in mind, we have millions of customers. So mm -hmm. if we wish we could make literally all of them happy on day one of the uh, <laughs> new service release, it's not going to happen, right? So yeah. uh, we try and do the best we can. And then we listen to feedback. We add what's missing. We fix what's not uh, right. And we repeat and iterate. And very quickly, you get, you know, you get adoption. I mean, these days, we have over 100,000 customers using uh, machine learning on AWS. You know, yeah. 100,000 is a very large number for something that still is kind of a, you know, I'm not going to say niche, but a very specialized slice of IT. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I deal with clients all the time and they're just dipping their toe in the data game. Before, yeah. You know, they're not even thinking about AI ML yet, right? So absolutely. yeah, 100,000 is definitely a lot of customers. So you spoke about features there a bit and, and you know, I'll, I'll probably throw this out to both of you. Can you, can you throw out a feature that you know is coming out that you're excited about? Are you allowed to mention anything coming up, whether it be SageMaker or the AI services or something? Is there something that's coming out that you're allowed to mention to us that's really exciting? Uh, so, yeah, generally, we don't we don't like to talk about the roadmap too much. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to lie. Of course, it's, it's confidential. But it's also because it is changing a lot. And, you know, I write a lot of blog posts, and I'm going to tell you a little secret. Um, sometimes, you know, I get my blog post done, you know, the, the, you know, I dotted the I's and I crossed the T's and it's been reviewed by everybody. And it's, it's literally waiting for somebody to push the publish button and something happens and the service doesn't get released. Uh, it happens, yeah. it happens from time to time. And, and it's like, well, I thought this was completely ready. And it's like, well, no, we got customer feedback and we consider this is blocking. And we're going to push back this thing six months or eight mm -hmm. months or, you know, because it, it, it's not good. It's not good enough. It's not going to go out. And sometimes it never comes back, funny enough. I've got draft blog posts from two, three years ago, <laughs> uh, and I never heard about this service again. So it was completely dropped. It was just not a good idea at all. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it's, you know, it, it's how we build. So um, sometimes people tell me it's very hard to keep track uh, of all the new uh, the new launches, so the two places you should really uh, keep an eye on is uh, AWS What's New, 
right? And you can filter mm -hmm. per uh, service uh, groups. And, and of course, the AWS News blog, aka the Jeff Barr blog, uh, which I'm so mm -hmm. lucky to be writing for. Uh, and uh, and these, if you follow those, if you keep an eye out every day or every couple of days, you won't miss the, the major announcements. Um, but yeah, there's a, you know, there's a ton of stuff coming. Uh, mm -hmm. That's a safe thing to say because there's always a ton of stuff coming. <laughs> yeah. No, I you know, and I figured you couldn't, you wouldn't be able to get into any details, but I figured I'd, I'd throw. Oh yeah, nice try, nice try. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we, we oh, perfect. No, we don't. We and you know, we we so many companies, and no, I'm not going to say names. Uh, so many <laughs> companies uh, will announce stuff two years in advance, three years in advance, and it's it's vaporware, it's slideware, and I've always yeah. found it so deceptive and. And so, you know, disingenuous, sorry. Um, so, yeah, with the, even if I could talk about stuff, I mean, until I can sit in the AWS console, try it for myself, convince myself it's good, convince myself it's going to help customers, uh, I, I wouldn't go and talk about it. There are some services I never, or some, some things I, I never actually discuss or demo because I don't like them, you know? Uh, and again, mm -hmm. I won't say yeah. which ones, but <laughs> well, of course, <laughs> <laughs> I've got enough problems already. But uh, it's you know, if I don't, if I wouldn't use them as a customer, then uh, you know, why would I try and convince you to use them? You know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, personal absolutely. opinion still is very important. No, that's great. No, that's great to hear. And speaking of, uh, you had mentioned, you, so you write for for the Jeff Barr blog. So I'm I'm part of the uh, AWS Ambassador Group and. Um, Jeff Barr actually came on a couple of weeks ago and, and spoke to us for an hour about how to write blogs. So that was a, it was a great, great session. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he's the great. master. He's the master for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, before I let you guys go, I've got, you know, a couple of questions that I ask all my guests. So I'll probably get one, I'll ask one to each of you. So I'll start with you, Sego. What What is your number one piece of advice you have for someone to break into, you know, the, the career path of AIML? <laughs> Follow Julian Simon. No, come YouTube. on. No, no, no. <laughs> no, honestly, Eventually, no, no. yes, but it's not the first thing you should do. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, uh, try uh, create some baseline with some simple data uh, data set and with simple ma uh, machine learning model. So you create your baseline, you see what's happening, you understand how it works, and after you add complexity. But my first piece of advice is starting simple and uh, create some baseline. And see, and after you will, um, yes, add complexity with no without problems. I like that. I mean, start simple, but get your hands dirty, right? Like, don't just yeah. you know read. Yeah. For yeah. example, get your hands dirty, write some code, you know, build a model, train yeah. a model, whatever, right? Okay, perfect. And 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 for you, Julian, I asked this question as well to all my guests, and it's I don't mean in a literal sense or definition, but I just mean you know, kind of what jumps at you when I say you know, what does AI mean to you? Well. You know, it doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean robots. It doesn't mean replacing <laughs> humans. It doesn't mean uh, Terminators. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a sci-fi buff, just like, you know, everyone else, I think. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't, I don't see it like that. I, I think it's, um, it's, it's just another tool, you know, it, uh, for, for humans to use uh, to generally improve, uh, you know, living standards, you know, and, and, you know, whatever that particular problem looks like in your area. Um, and to me, you know, as 
as my, both my parents are medical doctors and you know they're retired now they they're happily enjoying that um and you know i i i saw during my childhood you know i saw how much time they would spend with patients uh you know explaining um, the conditions, explaining the alternatives, explaining the surgical uh, procedures, explaining the risks. And, you know, when things didn't go well, then, you know, if somebody uh, had a really, really terrible uh, prognosis, then, well, there's, you know, there's work to be done here to try and help them out. And, you know, until the end, if needed. And, mm-hmm. and this is what a doctor does, Right. And what a doctor doesn't do is spend, you know, hours uh, typing letters or hours doing paperwork or hours staring at medical images, you know. Um, and there are so if AI can help automate all those things, um, and it's not going to replace doctors, it's just going to speed up all those technical procedures that doctors need uh, to make decisions. And this is going to free some time for them to do the real thing, which is speak with the patient, make sure they understand the options, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, having the people to people relationship. And you could say the same for, uh, you know, teachers, right? Um, mm-hmm. Teachers need to spend time with students. They, they shouldn't be spending time, again, doing paperwork or or. I don't know, you know, grading assessments and all that stuff or transcribing their classes. So, and, and these are just two random examples, but um, I'm sure you can find, you know, whatever your, um, for all professionals, I mean, all professionals can find tasks that are necessary, but low value uh, and slightly boring that just take mm-hmm. time away from what their real passion is and what their real uh, social um, um, uh, utility, uh, you know, is, uh, if you're, you know, if you're a cook, you know, you want to cook, if you're a doctor, you want to, you want to treat people. If you're a teacher, you want to teach, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so if AI can help us be more efficient at this, spend more time on those high value people to people tasks and get rid of all the other stuff, well, I'm all for it. And I, that's, that's really what I hope. That's really what I hope. Uh- yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what, what you're hitting on there across the board is improve efficiency, right? Absolutely. Improve yeah. efficiency for, for everybody in, in all aspects of their, their career or even their life, really, right? All right, Julian and Sego, it has been amazing chatting with you both today. As I said, my first AWS guests, all right. which is great. <laughs> and I, I can't wait to see what's up and coming from, from you both personally yep. and you know from the world of AWS AI ML. Well, yeah, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And um, I'll just mention we're hiring across the board. I mean, uh, our, my, my team, the DevRel team is hiring globally. So feel free to ping me on LinkedIn and get in touch. Uh, I know uh, the ML Solutions Lab is hiring as well. So you can ping Sego or ping me, you know, ping any of us. We'll, uh, we'll uh, get you, uh, uh, we'll get you uh, in, the, in the hiring pipeline. And yeah, check out SageMaker Fridays. Uh, you can Google it and, and find it easily. And generally, Sego and myself are available for you know questions. And feel free to connect. Uh, and and we'll try to uh, to help you out. And thank you so much for having us today. It was a, a real pleasure to have a chat.
Yeah, it was great fun. I appreciate it. You're probably going to get you know harassed now from people saying, hire me, hire me, hire me. Yeah, well, <laughs> we need all the help we can get and uh, you know, help us help, help, us help customers. <laughs> there you go. All right, I appreciate both of you. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. So today I wanted to highlight a project that we ourselves have worked on for a client that involved AWS AI services, right? That top level layer that I mentioned. I can't get into the company name or specific, but what we built was a speech to text pipeline for a large global contact center. So, you know, as a contact center, they have all these audio recordings and audio recordings are massive these days, right? Especially in the contact center world. And the question is how can a business get the most value out of all these recordings? So enter a speech to text pipeline. So these pipelines uh, allow you to ingest audio files, convert the audio to uh, the audio actual speech to text, and then storing the text output into a data lake. And then you perform some kind of analytics or, or predictive analysis based on that text of those recordings. Um, and what that is, is called, a, I'm calling it a speech to text pipeline. I think that's kind of what the common term is nowadays, but they're becoming more and more prevalent in today's world. So for this client, what we did is we just, we did that exactly what I mentioned. We built two ingestion pipelines, one for real-time processing and one for batch processing. We then ran these files through AWS AI services, such as transcribe, which allowed us to convert the audio to text. We then placed all that transcribed text into an S3 back data lake. From there, we used Amazon comprehend to perform sentiment analysis, uh, keyword extraction, entity recognition, and language detection of the converted audio recordings. So this allowed for the client to be able to dig deeper into each call to perform key analysis on those calls. And it's worth noting that we used all AI services for this engagement. Therefore, they were able to take over this pipeline and they were able to manage it going forward with very little ML expertise required. All right, amazing to have two very distinguished people in the AWS AI space. Please do check out SageMaker Fridays as you will learn a ton and have fun in the process. It's actually a, a fantastic series. All right, as always, it's been a pleasure. And until next month, stay tuned, everyone, and we will continue to explore how AI can help you.